Welcome to the Book on Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Redwood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode... Wow, I am not prepared. 293 of the podcast. Very impressive. Uh, and proud we are of all of that. This is going to be a good show. We've got a new sponsor. We've got a world premiere. I've got a, uh, a story to tell in Bunny Versus. We've got a pretty good chap. And then uh, we'll finish that off by, well, I guess we have to talk about this week's movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Not as offensive as I assumed. Okay. That's a positive. <coughs> yes, it is. I, you know, I, I, I figured it would be a lot more offensive being a 1948 movie called Mexican Hayride. I figured. <coughs> it's not really anything. But we'll get to that later. But yes. I asked you last week. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I started off last week asking you this question. I'm gonna ask it again. Maybe this could become a thing. I don't know. But what is gonna be your safe word for today? My safe word today is going to be fudgical. Okay. Okay. All right. Not fudge sickle. If I yeah. say fudge sickle, that means I want you to put two fingers in my ass. Fudge ickle. If I say fudgical, that's okay. when it's going too far, and I need you to stop. All right, my safe word is going to be wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel. Okay. Yes. That was my go-to food when I was at the bar regularly because it was just across the street. Oh. That's just really good when you are drunk and and no other time yes. should you ever eat the food. Only while drunk. So we've got a full podcast. I'm pretty excited about it. Let's get to it. Hey! Yes. Well, buddy, I did it. I got my first shot of the coronavirus vaccine a few days ago. Let me tell you, buddy. Let me start off the podcast by, by explaining just how exhilarating, liberating, freeing, how exciting it is. After a whole year of masks and lockdowns and sadness and death, I, how great it is to finally be microchipped by the Illuminati. I've been yes. waiting so long for Bill Gates and the elitist left to be able to track my every movement. You know, it got to the point where, like, if I was at the mall, like, I'd get on a payphone and just call Bill Gates and be like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. I'm at the mall right now. Let me give you the address. I will be here for, for 
this specific time because he wasn't able to, to track my every movement without the microchip that they put in the virus. So now I'm good. I got the Moderna vaccine. It's a two-part shot, which sucks, but it did come with a free one-year trial of MS Office and yes. Gig Zoom. Yes. Because, you know, uh, uh, it, it, Praise be to our Microsoft overlord. So that's great news. Now, there yes, were a few side effects when I got the vaccine. Uh, well, you're leaving out the most important part. You're yes. leaving out the most important part. You got an Aquaman Band-Aid. Best part. Best part. Aquaman Band-Aid. And then, uh, just to be safe, they... The whole family got matching Aquaman. Ah, see, and after having mentioned that, I, I found out, which I didn't know previous, is that Jeannie got a Wonder Woman Band-Aid. Oh my goodness. So you mean to tell me that uh, I figured it out. The pandemic is, it was all just a front. Um, it, it, the whole pandemic is fake. It was orchestrated by Zack Snyder. Yes. In order to get his cut released. I've got it right here. Captain. This is the uh, Aquaman That's band. cool. I saved it. All, all I'm saying is now I'm really excited to get the vaccine. Okay? Yeah. I, I, I was like, okay with it before. <clears throat> all right, this is something you got to do. Now that I can get an Iron Man Band-Aid, I am fucking all in. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, there there were some side effects. Uh, it, it seems like for 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 all of us, Amber, Emerald, uh, Natasha, and I have now all been vaccinated. Uh, and it, it differs from person to person, but it really does feel like for us, we had the coronavirus before. Amber got it twice. And so when we got vaccinated, it did feel for a couple of days afterwards like we had a mini we we got a mini case of the coronavirus. Coronavirus Junior. So like we were waking up and like, oh yeah, I'm sore now. Oh yeah, I'm super tired. Oh yeah, there's a you know my chest feels tight. It, it it really does feel after you get the the vaccine that like okay I I got a little case of the coronas you know which is yeah. weird. I, uh, I didn't get that. Yeah, I and that might be because you haven't gotten the coronavirus before. Maybe or maybe because I had the I had the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, yeah, and I got I got the Moderna, so I don't know, but but yeah, the arm that I got the shot in hurt like hell for a few days. Plus, I was extremely tired, and this one is off. I can now hear Bill Gates in my mind telling me to use Bing. Yeah. Wow. Strange side effect, and I wanted to see if anyone else had that happen to them too after getting the vaccine. So I binged it. Yeah. Be Google is trash and Bing is the one true search engine, all hail Bing. So I Bing, but then I never looked it up because I was so distracted by how amazing Microsoft Bing is to use. Uh, so much easier than Google. And you know, I'm just going to come out and say, God bless Bill Gates and the Jewish overlords. So the vaccine went well. 
Oh, I almost forgot one more side effect. Scaling lizards in with fine wear. I'm fine with the scaling lizard skin. Because, you know, I'm from Phoenix and having lizard scales in 115 degree heat. That's only a positive. I, I had heard that the most common side effect is that you turn into a frog for about three hours. Gay frog. Gay frog. Yeah. Gay frog. A gay frog? Frog's gay. Okay. I should, I should make a tinfoil hat for just these occasions on the podcast. I don't know why I thought of that before, but I need tinfoil. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and make. Cause oh, I'm gonna make a tinfoil hat, and it's always like a pyramid. I'm gonna make like a tinfoil trucker's hat. Not a lot of people are doing that. Yes. Like a tinfoil, uh, like fedora. Yeah. Yeah. Either get the, the. I've either seen the pyramid shape. Or the skull cap with the stinger that comes out the top. Yes. You know, yes. one of yes. those two. A yeah. trucker's cap. I, I think. I think you might be getting into the the cutting edge of tinfoil technology. Absolutely. Get the scientists working uh-huh. on the tin technology. Too sweet. So, so I got the vaccine, and once I got the vaccine, I got on Twitter and I put, oh, it's funny, I can hear Bill Gates whispering. Four followers on Twitter, and I thought that was hilarious. You, you lost four followers? Yeah. I do like the, uh, the humor like that, so I thought I'd, I'd go full, full force in the beginning of the podcast. So yeah, I got my first shot. Pretty excited about that. I don't know. I think I think I think once you get the coronavirus vaccine, you are free to make any kind of fucking jokes you want about the coronavirus vaccine. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. If you don't get it, keep your bitch mouth shut. But if you do get it, then then you've earned the right. Well, to be clear, I didn't go 100% with the coronavirus jokes because I have only gotten the one shot. So I don't want to get on the coronavirus jokes. So you're at 50% power. Yeah, so when I finally get the second shot, that's when I can go 100%. Uh-huh. So, so I got that to look forward to. Hooray! Yay! Uh, and cut on that. Yes. Before we go any further with the podcast, I would like to take some time here at the beginning of the show to acknowledge our brand new sponsor. We got a brand new sponsor, Bonnie. Oh. Oh, so proud to be uh to be doing to to have a new sponsor on the show. It's been a while since we've had a sponsor. And we're very proud to have partnered with this organization. This is a new company just out on the market, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, so here you go. Here is our brand new sponsor. <coughs> hey, you. Yes, you. 
Do you want a hardcore, high-impact workout, but also you're a lazy, fat slob who doesn't want to work out? Then get ready for America's latest workout trend. Is it jazzercise? No way. It's smooth jazzercise. It's just like jazzercise, but slow. No sweating to the oldies here.
like uh, a squeeze of lemon in your iced tea. Yes. That's what Act One was. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Act One. Act Two. Act Two is let's dive deep into this. Yes. Act Two is the see. Okay. So so the way I now see the podcast is we're an episode of Dateline NBC, and Act One is. Bob and Julia were happy. They had just gotten a house and everything was fine. And then that two of the podcast is... And then things weren't exactly as they seem. <laughs> and then that three is the shocking conclusion. Which, uh, at first point, in this episode, the shocking conclusion is... Wow, Mexican hero is not that offensive. It could be about dirty or it could be about uh, white people in Mexico. Uh, yes. We still have uh, a show to get to. We have a premiere. When do you want to do that? Act one, act two, bunny verses? Bunny verses? We'll, we'll do it pretty much on the front of bunny verses. Okay. So we've got a world premiere, I've got a story to tell, I've got a pretty good chap. Uh, I, I finally got around to cutting some new breaks. Nice. And uh, Act Three, we got to talk about a movie. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of uh, fun facts for Act Three. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the poop on film after this.
I'll show you the tool that's most important for our survival. A fair warning, it's my penis. You are about to witness a new dimension in entertainment. Peter Lemon Jello. Oh, I could have been a million things. Peter Lemon Jello. A mood rock experience called Love 76. Yes, Peter Lemoncello has created a new kind of music that's both romantic and moving. Just listen. In this two-album package, Love 76, you'll experience all the warmth and tenderness living in the heart of Peter Lemoncello, plus the excitement that is Peter Lemoncello on stage. Call 586-7700. That's 586-7700. Or save COD charges and send $698 for records or $898 for 8-track tape to Love 76, Box R7, Gracie Station, New York, New York, 128. Say the secret void and you get to come back next week. with more of the Pope on Film. Money. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus, America's favorite podcast segment? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready, ready, ready to go? Ready to, you ready to, to, to conquer that mountain? You ready to move my cheese? Are you oh. ready, buddy? Oh, fuck yeah.
All right. In that case, without any further ado, it's time once again for Funny Verses, and here is your host, Mo. Breaking news. I just got a notification. I won a Facebook dispute. I am rather amazed. At the end of last week's show, they they let's say they slapped a warning, but that's not quite what it was. Um, they were claiming that we used fourteen seconds of a clip from the History Channel. And therefore, see, like, this was all, like, quite congratulating. Like, hey, you used 14 seconds of the History Channel. So we're adding a link to the History Channel on your video. Okay. And my dispute was, like, because, like, like I, I don't dispute things because I think it's really kind of a waste of time. But this just pissed me off, and my dispute was basically, you know what? Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got a notification. The History Channel has, has removed their claim. Yay! So, fuck y'all is a legitimate defense. Uh, so, so that's why this week we will be using four and a half hours of History Channel footage. And when they call us on it, we'll just go, hey, fuck you! And then yes, we're, back off. we're going to be streaming the, we're going to be streaming the rise and fall of the Third Reich. Yeah! So, so, grab some popcorn for that one. <laughs> The weird thing is right now is that as we are doing this, uh, my cat is sitting right in front of the computer, staring at me, listening to the entire show. Yeah. It is very strange to have a to have this cat watching me as I do this podcast. So hey, we've got one fan, and that fan has. Four feet. Yes. That's twice as many feet as a human fan. So we really should be catering to the cat market on the show. Yes. I, I would also like to point out during the break, uh, that was my friend and friend of the show, Tim Caldwell, in uh, the wrong way to eat a Reese's bit. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. I was I was watching that, but I wasn't, I wasn't listening, listening to it. So I was talking to Natasha, Natasha, but I did uh, see it. Yeah. Well, I don't think there was I don't think there was sound or any significant sound. Oh well, then there there you go. That's good. Then I yeah. watched it. Cool. Cool. Because uh, I just need more material for the breaks, man. I'm I'm running out of stuff that we've done, and. 
I'm not gonna be able to. I'm not gonna be able to do ten minutes of content every week. You yeah. know what I mean? Of original yeah. stuff. So, so, yeah. so you're gonna be seeing Liz a lot more. That's fine. Because Liz and I talked about some things, and one of them was grabbing some of her stuff. Um, cool. So we have basically opened up our our YouTubes to each other. You know, like, if you like it, grab it. You don't like it, you know, I mean, you grab my stuff, I'll grab your stuff. We're in this shit together. And basically, I made the same deal with Tim, and Tim's got a lot of got a lot of good stuff, so we're going to be seeing both of them a bit more frequently. But, speaking of new content... Yes! The, the... Long-awaited QAnon Karen is ready. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Okay. Yes. So if we are ready, let's go ahead and roll it. Okay. Let me get in there to kill the sound again. And we're... We are going to roll right now. I'm not Dora the Explorer. I'm QAnon Karen. I'm different from Dora the Explorer because I'm God's color. White. This is my sidekick, Bunny the Rabbit. Say hello, Bunny. Dora the Explorer has a monkey sidekick, but not me, because I come from Kentucky and not some shithole country. Oh, kids, can you count to 11? Well, how about counting to 11 million? Can you do that? Hashtag stop the steal. Because that's how much Trump beat Biden by in the 2020 election, but the Dominion voting machines were rigged by Hugo Chavez and the Zionists and the Chinese government to take down the God-fearing votes of the 90 million Christian Americans who voted for Donald Trump. Hashtag no more. Look up in the sky. Do you see a star? No, you don't. Because stars aren't real. They're just a deep state psyop that's designed to control you. <laughs> Who's trying to control you? Just follow the money. Just follow the money trail. We're talking Bill Gates. <laughs> We're talking George Soros. <laughs> We're talking Hillary Clinton. Hashtag Hillary for prison. MTV's Dan Cortese. Hashtag oh, oh. save the children. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hashtag Hail Satan. And other Jewish people. Hashtag save the children. They're trying to mind control you. That's why the masks are there. That's not helping anyone. It's all a conspiracy. A conspiracy to implant chips into your bloodstream so they can know where you are. Jewish space lasers.
And I know wow. with, the, with the lag, it's still running for you right now. Wow. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, getting uh, better. Getting better. <clears throat> let me tell you something. I, uh, I really liked it. And let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, I could smell her. <laughs> Uh, QAnon Karen, in my mind, QAnon Karen smelled exactly like my ex, Debbie. The most expensive perfume covering up the least expensive cigarette. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to get this really expensive uh, high-end perfume to cover up, like... Something I bought, I paid, you know, $3 a pack for. Yeah. Like if Rainbow made, like a, like a generic brand of cigarettes. <laughs> All right, now, now, she took a lot of work to put that main puppet together, the QAnon yeah. Karen puppet. So because of that, I really don't want her to be just a one-shot character. So if okay. anybody listening, anybody watching, has something that you want QAnon Karen to say, the more batshit the better, post it in our Facebook group, the Pope on Film Facebook group. Okay, all right. That's, That's a good idea. Okay. Huh. I love that idea. Yeah. Jeannie did the voice. Yeah, I, I, I can kind of hear her mannerisms a bit, the way that she speaks. Every once in a while, I can hear her. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like, like a lot of writing has to go into QAnon, Karen. Everybody knows the bullshit flying around. Just post your favorite bit of bullshit. Yeah. And we'll make her talk about it. I, I, I could have framed it up better, which would have made the editing go better. But other than that, I'm pretty happy with how she came out. Oh yeah, no, that looks amazing. She's looks got some amazing. She's got some arm movement, she's got some head movement, going from something you know, she drinks a beer. That is that is Hank Hill drinking a beer. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. went out on YouTube. I found the sequence of Hank Hill drinking a beer, and nice. I broke down just that section into images. <laughs> so that's really? Hank Hill's arm. Yeah, that, that looks really good. <laughs> good job. Thank you, thank you. So, so how have you been? You had a story for us. Yes, I have a story for you. Okay. Uh, I can say this right now because none of the kids are in the Okay. Uh, first off, the longer the podcast goes, the more high I'm getting. I took an edible right before I, uh, like an hour before the show. So We call that production value. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
slowly but surely starting to feel it as the show progresses. Okay, so um, I, I, I downloaded a video game this week. I was a little bit bored. Yeah. That I downloaded. It was of the adult variety. Okay. It was an adult game. Uh, it's... It's just called Personal Trainer, Trainer, I think, is the name of the game. So anyway, I'm like this this guy, I'm living on my cousin's couch, and I just just got got fired, I just just broke up with my fiancé, yada, 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 and I, I, an all-new women's-only gym opens up near me, and I decided to apply for the job to work at the gym, by pretending to be gay. Okay. And they hire me, and now I'm just trying to get in the pants of all of the women at the gym. And it's a pretty horrible game, and I was going to give up uh, playing the game because it's just... It, 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 even the sex parts aren't fun. Okay. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's just, just it, it gets, gets to the point where it's like, why am I playing this? Why am I playing this? Because I'm bored. This maybe I should stop playing. Then uh, there's an arcade in the town in the game. Okay, so there's an arcade in the town. I'm like, okay, well this would be a fun part of this, you know, game. I can go to the arcade and play games. You can't play any of the games at the arcade. Okay. But every, and most of the time when you go to the arcade, it's empty. But every once in a while in this video game, you will go to the arcade, and oh hey, there's the arcade games, and there's the arcade games, and right over there in the corner is a guy sitting on the speed, on the speed ball. Okay. Shitting in the sea ball holes. Okay. So there's a guy, the young blonde guy, shitting in the sea ball holes. So apparently you can click on him. So I click on him, and I so I so I go up to the character, and I go, "What are you doing?" And then the guy looks up at me, and he says, "You're too late." It already happened. You can't catch me. I'm the Phantom Pooper. (laughs) And then he runs away away with no pants on, runs away, having shit in the ski ball holes. Okay. (laughs) (coughs) Me going to the arcade and seeing the Phantom Pooper there and him running off. It's gotten to the point now where this is the main part of the game for me. <laughs> Searching the, for the Phantom Pooper? Trying to, I, have, I have to catch the Phantom Pooper. This is the main part of the game. And all of these women are like, oh, I'm a 39-year-old housewife and my husband uh, has not been attracted to me since I had a baby. I am really ugly if only some young man Want to go into the sun and maybe run 
lady, someone's taking a shit in the skee-ball holes. <laughs> he calls himself the Phantom Pooper, and this is my primary goal, to catch this man. Yes. I have no time for your uh, sexual dalliances. I have to catch the Phantom Pooper. <laughs> This is my primary mission in luck now. I will bring this man to justice! Nice. Yeah. Also, uh, I, I, may have, I, may have, I may have guilted a non-profit into uh, restarting story times. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. well, uh, so the last... The last... Um, <coughs> The last Raising Little Leaders line of that that I did with the organization that I do, Storytown School, was in November. And then in December, they were having a winter carnival, and I was going to show up by Zoom and do some stories. And I did that, and that was at the beginning of December. And then, so December happens, and January happens, and February happens, and March happens, and I don't hear from them. The only time I heard from them was like, I think at the end of January, the beginning of February, small vague email saying that hey we're going to have a spring festival in March and we want you to do a story time for us and uh, uh, we're not sure when we'll be doing Raising Little Leaders again and, uh, but we will contact you and that was it so like in, in December, January, February, March I only heard from one tiny little email through this entire time, and it's really been hurting because I was doing a you know, I was doing a, a, a live streaming show for kids twice a month. And yeah. I was making uh, some money, some tiny money, but still some money, and, and it was, uh, you know, and, and I was hoping to go back to doing story time soon. And so it's really been eating me up these past couple of months, just not hearing from them, not knowing what's happening. And then also the organization. Um, has gone back to doing live stuff at their headquarters just now with me. And so, uh, but I haven't been talking to anyone about it. And so I've been over the past week or two slowly but surely dropping these tiny little hints here and there. Like I took out the Raising Little Leaders video playlist from my YouTube channel. Probably no one would notice that, but I noticed that. And then when I did the vaccine video, I, mean, I, I took a tiny little dig and I said, hey, this has been an amazing year. You know, pretty much exactly one year ago was the last time we went and did anything as a family. We went to, uh, to do a Raising Little Leaders live story time. It was my last live story time a year ago. You know, it was our last event. Well, uh, the company is doing live events now, just not with me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, not a lot of people noticed that I did that tail dig at them, but I noticed it. And then the last video that I did, or the video before that, I put um, every once in a while. I used to do it a lot, like a year ago. Like, like when I was doing a story, story time a day, I would sometimes hide tiny little uh, secret messages at the end of the videos that I would yes. put on YouTube. It just a tiny little, like, and I would change where it was, and it would only be up there for like a second. 
at the end credits of my videos and I did one and it was like TFW that feeling when uh, the company you do story times for uh, the ghost steal like a frowny face and and like I don't know if anybody ever actually sees those hidden uh, messages for the videos but I noticed it and then finally like I don't think I've ever noticed one yeah yeah I used to do that a lot, so, 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 so I, I doubt anybody else noticed them, but I noticed them, and then finally, like, you know, like I was saying on the late one night, and I was just, I was really upset about the whole thing, so I got on Twitter, and I, I, I just, like, laid it out, that I'm like, hey, the organization that I do story time with, I'm pretty sure that they're ghosting me right now, the last live event that I did was the... Now over a year ago, and I haven't heard from them since the beginning of December, and it's really upsetting because, you know, as a father of five kids, yeah, and doing virtual school with 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 a preschool or third grader, a high school, you know, and and now my wife is working full time, and she's working from home, and she's making good money and all of that, but now I'm the person who has to, you know, take the kids to dentists, take the kids to appointments, take the kids to do all this stuff, and it's just so draining and it's so emotionally draining to me that, you know, I spend 100% of my time surgically attached to these kids and focusing 100% on them, and I never get to focus at all on me, and, you know, it meant a lot to me that once or twice a month, I'd be able to go to a place and go up on stage and entertain these children who would laugh at what I was doing because they thought I was the coolest and funniest guy in the world. Yeah. That was really important to me and my self-esteem. I had done that for, I had done that for a year, and I, I did like three tweets. And uh, it made me feel better. And uh, so then... The next morning, you know, I, I think I did in the morning, like Friday morning or Saturday morning or Thursday morning. I don't remember when. But then a couple of hours later, I get a call from the organization. Okay. And I'm like, hey, we're just touching base with you. It's been a while, so what have you been up to? And I'm like, oh, nothing much. I'm a little bit hesitant as to why you're suddenly calling me and having a conversation with me. But okay. Yeah. So they have been doing good and regularly live events, and they're wanting to to start doing raising little leaders again, not as a YouTube channel, but as a live story times again, like we used to do before, but with social distancing and changing the way that the format that we do it so that kids are. You know, far apart and yada yada yada, and we're doing them, restarting the live events soon, hopefully by next month. Yeah. And I feel like I sort of guilted them into making that decision. Good. The important thing is, is that I will be doing live start times again soon. Yes. But you. <coughs> but at the same time, you should really get out there and look for other gigs. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that I've learned is that, um, libraries hate my guts. Really? <laughs> that is what I have learned. I'm so hyperactive and crazy and loud and out there that, like, I've tried so many times 
to get local libraries to have me in. And when I was in California, that was more of like, hey, we're a cool, awesome library. We'd love to have you, uh, Mr. Steve, come in and do story times. But in Oklahoma, it's like, but I'm not sure if you fit our style yeah. of storytelling, you know, so uh, don't want to jump to any racist conclusions, but yeah. no libraries here want me. Uh, and uh, I, I was doing a bunch of schools in 2019 and, and, and yeah. the beginning of 2019, but, but now no school wants me to go to their school for obvious reasons, you know. Yeah. So that, so that sucks. But but yeah, I'm 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 hoping to branch out and do more stuff, you know. Yeah. It's good. Go right now because everything sucks. Yeah. Yeah, we're not out of the woods yet where it's like really even possible, but yeah, we're kind of at the point where it's a good idea to start thinking about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? I've I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. Been working on Dora. Got her finished up. Uh, Karen, Karen. 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 Yeah, I know. I, I I make that mistake with myself all the time. Cause she was born out of Dora. She Word. issued forth. From Dora the Explorer to yeah. become her nemesis. 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 And I pretty much just took took what you said and just like transcribed it. Yeah. If you go back to listen to that, and it. Baby's in the house. Just wearing it. Who who just watched what? Uh, nothing. Uh, uh, Natasha, Natasha just watched the wind blow the cat off of the van. Um, down the windshield of the van. And then, <laughs> and then the cat ran into the house. Yeah. It, and it's always so much funnier with it when it when it's a cat because like cats just kind of deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Word. Yeah. Uh. So I'm not sure what I'm doing next. They still got to get that sound cloning thing going, but. It's such a pain in the ass, so I put it aside while I was doing Dora. Yeah. But I could do I could I could have a lot of fun if I could duplicate other people's voices. Yeah. You know, and just make them say whatever I want them to say. I want to see Bruce Lee saying, "I kicked Chuck Norris's ass." Well, I saw they're working on it. What? I, 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 saw some, I saw some website recently where they have different celebrity voices that you can have in the same various things. 
Yeah, there's there's one site where you could do canned voices, and nothing I'm really particularly interested in, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and then anything else I've found to actually where you can clone any voice you want. They're either pay services, which is like I'm not fucking paying for this, uh, or it's the kind of program that you can download and then you have to compile yourself and add these libraries and this kind of shit. It's like a fucking 20-step process that I ran through one tutorial on and at the end of it, it, it took like an hour and a half and at the end it didn't fucking work. You know? Uh, there was a website that you could go to that's like a part of Google, you know, it's like it's like a Google service, like Google Drive or anything like that. Google has a service where you can share programming, which I find kind of weird. Huh. So there's a, one that I found from a guy who made Trump said made Trump say Black Lives Matter. Uh and you actually have to change the lines of code, and it's it it's not working either. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try I'll try that again because like I, I I want it. There's a lot I could do with other people's voices. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. want Ron Popeil. Yeah. You know, because like because like some of some of the idea for advertising that I have are more, are more products, you know? And yeah. that needs Ron Propeal, you know? Yeah. Like the Broadway buddy, I, I think I mentioned him a while back. Did I? Yeah. It would just be basically yeah. a robot with a screen that you're, like a, like a Zoom meeting on a robot. And then you would be able to go out to Broadway plays and things like that. And it would all just be these robots hovering around in the theater. Ron Popeil needs to, needs to pitch that. Uh, or if you can't get Ron Popeil, Billy Mays. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel Billy Mays. Was the successor to the throne. Yeah. Yeah. And and also the minesweeper, you know, I, I, I've got a I, I've got a package and sell the minesweeper and the minesweeper is the, the premise of the minesweeper is that I'm not able to do calculus because I have the fucking slinky song stuck in my head. You know? Yeah. I, I have the Slinky song, and I have Open the door for your mystery date. You probably are too young to even know what mystery date is fucking is. That's how long I've been carrying it in my fucking brain, and that's why I'm not a doctor. Mystery date was still dead. Yeah, was it? Yeah. 
One hundred percent. Mystery game was still a thing. I I remember it was it was one of my my older sisters had it. Okay. My, my sister did too. So I was like, I don't know, five tops. And it was kind of, mystery date was kind of like the first mystery I have ever personally solved, figuring out how that fucking door worked. <laughs> like, oh, you turn the thing and it's different notches. And depending on what notch it is, you open it up and that's the picture behind it. Son of a bitch. But even still, this is this is this is why I don't work for NASA. Because I am saddled with Mystery Date and the Slinky Song. And he just cut out. Hello? Hello, he's coming back. Hello. Wow. Well, that was kind of successful because I kept yapping the whole way until I was like, man, I wish you could laugh at some of these fucking jokes. <laughs> nice. Well, I am here. <laughs> So that's it for these. Oh, he's gone again. <coughs> now, do I switch to the technical difficulty screen? Or is he going to be right back? Technical difficulties is fun. Hi, everybody. It's me. Dabney. The fucking alien. We're having some technical difficulties. We're working on it. Leave me alone. Jeez. We'll be right back, man. Differences! We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Hi, everybody. It's me. Dabney. The fucking alien. We're having some technical difficulties. We're working on it. Leave me alone. Jeez. We'll be right back, man. We have technical differences we ah! are experiencing technical difficulties please stand by hi everybody it's me Dabney the fucking alien. 
We're having some technical difficulties. We're working on it. Leave me alone. Jeez. We'll be right back, man. How technical differences. They are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Hi everybody, it's me, Dabney, the fucking alien. We're having some technical difficulties, we're working on it, leave me alone. Jeez. We'll be right back, man. Differences. They are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Hi, everybody. It's me, Dabney. The fucking alien. We're having some technical difficulties. We're working on it. Leave me alone. Jeez. We'll be right back, man. And we're back after a couple of issues. Hooray! Hooray! But that's why we have the technical difficulties real. Yes. <laughs> Don't know what that was. Honestly. Yeah. Oh. Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. So that's enough. About, that's enough about the voice cloning. Except that I could I could really do a lot with it. Um, Nettie Braxton. I want to do a little more work with her. So for okay. anybody listening, I'm looking for suggestions for martial arts or dance moves. You know, so that then she could perform those with magical hand gestures. Oh, gotcha. And things like that. Uh, and any gamers who want to tell me about your favorite magic system in a game. Okay. So I'm looking for things like that. 
just as like kind of a base, you know? Like, yeah. here are some rough ideas to kind of start with. But I, I would like the magic to be like, I don't know, magic missile uh, is ruled by the planet Mars, therefore it's red. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think so. To make the magic look interesting. Okay. It's 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 from the goddess Aphrodite or you know whatever. <clears throat> you know, I I would like a different examples if anybody wants to talk to me about your favorite game magic system. I would be interested. That along with martial arts and or dance moves. And I started playing around a little bit with the demon that she's going to wind up fighting. So... I mean, if I could just start working on that bit, that would just be cool and fun to watch. Can you give me like a, 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 so so he's big but yeah. he is emaciated yet muscular okay okay slim good body if we <laughs> you know if we got rid of him <laughs> yeah okay <clears throat> so he is looking like he is going to be some kind of a wing demon wing demon yeah okay. basically I want something an animalistic demon with maybe a little bit of intelligence. I want to do a dragon without doing a dragon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Just because I want things to look like the way I want them to look. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to fuck with this guy and come out with something really fucked up looking that nobody's ever seen that's mine. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> so he's looking like a wing demon. I want to make him look very non-human and more on the animalistic side. But I'm also thinking of maybe some accessories, like maybe like a, a spiked crown or something like that. You know, so he may have accessories. Not sure yet. 
I'm not sure why, but I feel like maybe the demon's weapon should be like a George Foreman grill. I'm not sure why, but I feel like in hell they'd have a lot of George Foreman grills. I don't know so much for the demon. But that's not necessarily out of the question for Nettie Braxton herself. I mean, Nettie Braxton, what I'm trying to get at, Nettie Braxton is almost like the Jackie Chan of the mystic arts. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, she needs. I, I mean, I want it as dark and as satanic and evil as looking as shit. But it's gotta have. Like, everything in my work always has a touch of fucking whimsy. Yeah. You know? And she needs that. Okay. And I think she could totally kick Doctor Strange's ass. And again, she has just a different way of doing things. So she would have shown up and said, Dormammu, I still have the pictures from the time we went camping. I, 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 and that's it. That's how she wins a fight. Yeah. 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 Like, like while Dr. Strange is making uh, intricate hand gestures, she just kicks him in the balls. Yes. Yes. Like, does he teach you that And I think I found a good demon, no, demon on a different level, you know, demon as in devil, you know, Beelzebub, the, the big guys. Uh, I found an Armenian demon of hate. Okay. I was originally thinking about something with climate change or something, because I wanted her to have some kind of a story that was at least somewhat topical. You know? Yeah. But then, climate change wasn't working for me, because fuck humans, you don't get off the, off the leash that easy. Yep. <laughs> you know? Oh, some demon is behind it all along. But hate works very well in that kind of capacity. You know? Yeah. So, that's what I'm looking to make as, like, the big bad of the Nettie Braxton story. And there's not much on this demon, so like, I can make him how, look however he, I want him to look, you know? There's not a lot of detail and a lot of information. So I'll, I'll I might not, I might even just rename him, but I might keep the name. And just, well, he's the demon of hate. 
And that could look like just about anything I want, I think. And that's about it. What, come, what do you have in the way of a shop for us? Power tools. Power tools. Cow tools. Cow tools, yes. Cow yes. tools. We're doing cow tools. All right. Are you ready to get on over? you have anything else to add? I think we're good. Uh, I, I, oh, I actually do have, have one last thing. Okay. Okay. Really. Okay. I, 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 I was trying to get on board like everybody else. You know, I was considering, I didn't do it, but I was considering and going back and watching Justice League again to get ready for the Snyder Cut. You oh, know? Okay. But yeah. when I sat down and thought about actually watching the Snyder Cut of a bad movie? I mean, please. Okay? I, I decided to slam my penis into the car, in the car door instead. So, I won't be doing that. And I only did that because my penis's name is Martha. You know? But, I, 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 I just wanted it. Huh? Martha, why did you say that name? Yeah. So I just yeah. wanted to get that out there that this is a, basically my stand on the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I'd rather slam Martha in the car door. Okay. Hey, I've got a question. Uh, I know this is really late in the game, but if I sent you a picture right now, could you put it up during chat? Uh, it's going to be a bit behind the curtain because people can see it. What do you got? Uh, Where are you sending it to? Uh, Facebook. I just sent it to you right now. Let's see if I could do this. Like, maybe, like, in the middle, you know, like... And if you could just slap it on in the background, if that's possible. I don't know if it's possible. This is something I probably should have thought of earlier. Yeah, yeah, but hold on, I'm almost there. Okay. So, so make conversation for a little bit. Huh? So make, make some conversation. Okay, uh, so let me tell you about uh, my childhood growing up. I was born in 1924 in a small shack in Tucumán, Mississippi. Yes. My father invented frowns. Yes. And my mom was a professional dog Yes. From the nearby Episcopalian church. We weren't poor, but we still, I still had a good childhood. Uh, a lot of the kids in the 1920s and 30s were, uh, were, were playing a lot of popular games at the time. Kick the can, uh, roll a circle down the street with a stick. Of yes. course, we couldn't afford any of these things, so I played kick the rock. 
<laughs> and he hated it. That was yeah. that that was a, a, a death-defying game. Kick the rock. Yeah, because Dwayne a, just don't a, take that shit. It was a simpler time. Everything was in black and white. Uh, fun fact: I actually came up with the Beatles. Yes. In, in like 1939, I, me and my friends came together and said, like, "Hey, let's start a band." I, I went up to my friends and said, hey, let's start a band, and then let's do a bunch of uh, covers at first, and then we'll write our own music, and then we'll do drugs, and then we'll do really weird trippy music, and then we'll do one album where it's like two albums, and each one of us get our own weird, bizarre songs, and then let's break up, and I'll be, I'll be the disco one. <laughs> you can shack up with baby. You can get really into Indian music, and you just be a drummer. And so I came up with the concept of the Beatles way before. Okay, so that house rules is good. Yeah, just just plop it right there. That's fine. I'm seeing so that. If if. Now you're gonna have to have to cue me. Okay, that's fine. When when we want to use the cow tools, because I'm ditching yeah, it from this one. As our regular listeners would remember, let's just finish up Bunny Versus with this. Yes. And that was just a little bit of behind the scenes stuff for you. Um, the creation of the show, but you know, since you were on that topic, I mean. Long-time listeners of the show would remember that I was born a small black girl. Uh, yes. I would have been born a large black girl, but that really would have hurt my mother. Yeah. But I actually, I actually, I actually came. You know, have you ever heard of? Um, it's a song by this British band. It's called Stairway. Have you ever heard of that song? I think I might have. Okay. That's the one that, that Tiny Tim used to do on the um, Johnny Carson show all the time, right? <coughs> I actually wrote that, but, but you know, my version, which I feel is superior, was called uh, Escalator to France. Escalator to France. Yeah, that was my version. And then these, these, um, these Brits come along and they steal my song and they rewrite it a little bit. Yes. My version, I think, was better than there's a lady who's sure all the glitter is really pretty. Yes. And she's, she's having fun on an escalator to France. They, they just rewrote it a little bit, and, and now they're, they're like huge. huge. Yes, they are. Yeah, I was thinking it's, of food, but in, in a way, it's kind, kind of like an honor, honor, you know? Yeah. I don't make a big to-do about it, because... Well, you gotta... I'm, you gotta look at it that your stuff is good enough to steal. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how I see it. it. That's how, that's how I, see I see it. And you know, like I hear a lot of screenwriters and a lot of other artists complaining things like, "Oh, oh, well, I, I was, I was working on this idea, I was working on the screenplay, and then like Judd Apatow did it." I, I'm more like, "Well, fuck, I'm working on that level. Cool." Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
If I'm doing, if I'm working on an, on an idea, and Steven Spielberg winds up coming out with the exact same idea, I think I'm doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, that was fun, but we should wrap this up. Yes. So until next week, this has been Bunny Versus, and we want to remind you, self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. Nice. And cut on that. And cut on that. Yes! If you're, if you're like me, me you're, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, podcast the Pokemon Channel, and you lose it nowadays in this day and age. But only the real fans, the devoted fans, the true hardcore fans that have been with us since the beginning would know two facts about the both of us. Two undeniably really real and no way made on the spot facts about the both of us. America's hottest will they or won't they couple the next Sam to Diane is Bunny and Steve. First yes. and foremost, Bunny is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you, Bunny, insert funny ad lib here. I didn't write anything for that. Ah. I should have written something there, but I did not. Well, let's, okay, wait a second, wait a second. Let's just check real quick and see if we have an audience of any kind. And we could just take suggestions from the audience. Okay. Uh, Any, anybody currently listening who wants to hear about my, my, my career in whatever. I I don't know how long we should let this go. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Look, I'm a big, I'm a fan of history. I'm a big, I'm a big lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this juncture is I like to get a story from a history book, maybe one that people don't know very well, and reword it by my own unique storytelling style. So that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historical Proclamation! Or Shaft, as I like to call it repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not, personally. I like the name Shaft. It's short, but it's full of energy. It's the Lucha Libre of podcast segments. I saw a wonderful video on Twitter this week of luchadors from Mexico City that are uh, spending uh, their free time walking up and down the biggest uh, shopping center, the biggest bazaar, the biggest uh, uh, shopping district of Mexico City, enforcing mask mandates. These popular Mexican wrestlers walking up and down like the big shopping center, and if they see someone without a mask, don't grab them, and they'll lift them, and they'll force a mask on them. Is such a great idea, and there's videos of all of these luchadors just going, you know, down the shopping district, just grabbing these men and forcing masks on them, and it's just, uh, 
This is exactly like we need you, Undertaker. Yes. Yes. Like I, I, I would give good money for the Undertaker to be just walking the mall of America. You can even dress up. You can even dress up as your lame biker. You yeah. Know? Just suddenly the Undertaker is there going. I noticed you're not wearing a mask. You know. Yeah. Great, wonderful idea. Uh, anywho, today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will finally be discussing two epic words Cow Tools! Yes, Cow Tools! One very strange event in the history of cartooning, but before we get to the cartoon itself, uh, uh, this might be. This might not be the longest chap in the world, but it might be the strangest, one of the strangest. So here's a little bit of backstory. Gary Larson was born in 1950 to a modest family in suburban Tacoma, Washington. His mother was a secretary, and his father smelt of elderberries. Uh, his dad sold used cars. So he, he did okay in school, and he graduated from Washington State University with a degree in communications. After graduating uh, college, he was a music lover and a part-time uh, jazz guitarist. He got himself a job at a music store. Uh, and one day a light bulb goes over his head and he's, he's just there and he's like, okay, I'm working and I'm tagging stuff and I'm doing stuff and uh, wait a second. I fucking hate this job. <laughs> so he quits and he's reevaluating his entire life. He's like, huh, what should I do with my life? What should I do? Well, I kind of always like drawing. So he starts to focus on that. And in 1976, he starts submitting his drawings to local newspapers in Washington. And in 1979, the Seattle Times starts publishing his comics under the title Nature's Way. I guess because he draws a lot of cows or whatever. So a bit of time passes. Now he's a cartoonist. He's doing cartoons in the Seattle Times. But, he, but he's thinking like, huh. I'm making an okay amount of money with the Seattle Times, but like I could be making more in like a bigger paper. So he's on vacation in San Francisco, and while he's there, he decides to take a visit to the San Francisco Chronicle, some of his cartoons in tow, and surprisingly, the San Francisco Chronicle loves it, they buy the comic strip and syndicate it and rename his comic strip The Far Side. Now, fun fact, the syndicator of the comic strip names the comic. I never knew that. So Charles Schulz always hated that, like, his comic strip was called Peanuts. That always okay. And I love the idea of the creator of Charlie Brown and Snoopy being like... Yeah, they named my cartoon fucking Peanuts. What fucking bullshit is that? Fuck those. <laughs> fucking assholes named my cartoon Peanuts. There aren't, there, aren't, there aren't any Peanuts in my comic strip, you jackasses. <laughs> okay. Okay, now wait. Now, Linus probably has a nut allergy. Now wait, okay? 
Hold that thought a second, okay? Because yes. now, if I could do, I hate to interrupt the chat with this, but if I could do voice cloning, we could get like Joe Pesci and maybe like Robert De Niro, and I could do a quick retrace of Charlie Brown and Linus, or Snoopy or whoever, and get their mouths to move. Instant fucking bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first comic strip was. Hi, what's, what's your, your name? Incident. So, uh, so, uh, fun little story, mini shack within a shack. 
So, uh, uh, Gary Larson draws a comic, and it's uh, two monkeys, and one monkey is uh, grooming the other monkey, and, and the monkey pulls out like a long hair, and it's like, oh, have you, you been doing more research with that good old tramp? <laughs> And so the Jane Goodall incident was like, was like, oh, well, fuck you, you fucking asshole. How dare you make fun of such a hero? And uh, uh, Gary Larson got upset about it. So he's like, okay, well, I, I need to apologize to her directly. I need to track her down. And so finally, like, so much later after the, the comic strip, he tracks down Jane Goodall. And Jane Goodall's like, Oh, that? Oh, yeah, no, I was in, like, the freaking jungle when that happened. That was my institute. No, I thought it was funny. Yeah. So, like, the third collection of Farsight comic strips as a whole were written by Jay Goodall. Nice. And so Gary Larson made that into a shirt, and, like, all of the proceeds went, and I think still do go directly to the Jay Goodall Institute. So, like, nice. That's awesome. But I, what I want to talk about is probably one of the most controversial comics that Gary Larson ever released, known as Cowpools. Okay, Bunny, now that's your cue. Cowpools. I just gave you a subtle cue. This could be bigger. Did you put it up? Are you putting it up? It is up. Good, good, good. Okay. It's been up. Okay. It's been up and down. <laughs> so, the year is 1982. And oh, so many things happened in the year 1982. Let me tell you about them. Well, uh, a little movie you might have heard of called E.T. is released. And introduces the world to the magical, marvelous universe of product placement. Yes. In political news, activist Joan Jett bravely announced her toward love of rock and roll. And, and uh, hey, fun fact. To this day, there are still people out there, and like uh, intellectuals and politicians, and they're like, well, you know, when we're debating this important piece of legislation, let's not forget the famous quote from a philosopher which states, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Uh, excuse me a second. That does not come from a philosopher or a politician. It comes from Leonard Nimoy. Yes. From the 1982 film Star Trek II, The Wrath of AEW Wrestling owner Tony Khan. Yes. And in October of 1982, Gary Larson runs a single panel, Simple Drive. If you're listening to this, Google it. But if you're watching this on the, 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 the Facebook, the Facey page, then it's up right now. Okay? So it's a single panel, Simple Drive of a cow standing in front of a barn. The cow is standing behind a table that has on it four very crude misshapen and objects, like a stick, a rock with some sort of handle, and a very jagged saw. The captain of the drawing simply says, 
Cow Tools! This vague, confusing comic strip quickly became national news! Really? Thousands of readers from all over the country struggle to understand what the fuck this is! <laughs> In fact, one letter that Gary Larson received out of hundreds stated that, that the writer of the letter had shown the cartoon to, and I quote, 40-odd professionals with doctoral degrees, and none could understand it, end quote. Nice. Newspapers all over the nation received phone calls and letters and the syndicators themselves in San Francisco were so inundated with angry and confused people that the general manager of the syndication company said, quote, the phone never stopped ringing for days. Pools, <laughs> buddy! A comic so astoundingly confusing that it made national headlines. Really? No cat, no cat. Do not turn off the podcast. I'm being loud. That doesn't mean you need to step in, okay? I can just be loud sometimes, cat. All right? Jesus Louise. Okay, so, so here's, here's an article from the Spokane, Washington newspaper, The Spokesman Review, and it ran Friday, October 9th, 1982. Far Side Sparks Cow Controversy. <laughs> the Far Side went a little too far for many of its fans on Thursday, and the comic strip's creator admitted that his, quote, exercise in silliness was an experiment that failed. The cartoon, which depicted a cow standing over a collection of very recognizable cow tools, with finger quotes, provoked a deluge of calls to newspaper editors across the country, said Stuart Dodge, general manager of Chronicle Features in San Francisco. Quote, I think the joke simply didn't work, Dodd said. A lot of people didn't get it, and in not getting it, they were casting around for very... Far-fetched explanations. This one vague Farsight cartoon sparked such an uproar that no one had seen, well, at least not since the surprisingly pornographic 1979 Ziggy controversy, which I think we all remember. Oh, God, yes. I lost yeah. a brother in that one. Yeah. Cow Tools was so controversial that uh, Gary Larson had to release a statement <laughs> regarding Cow Tools. And I'm not going to read the statement because the statement doesn't matter. What matters is, when was the last time you ever heard of like a comic strip maker having to release a statement to explain the joke? <laughs> You know, I love cow tools. Uh, it is amazing. I, I love it too. Because first off, I don't get it either. I don't yeah. get it. And there is a certain amount of genius involved in making an image that is so far gone that nobody understands it. Yeah. 
Okay, so so not so that I necessarily are... think it was deep, but it, but like I, artistically, I don't think it's accidental. It's yeah. the mailman. And he nailed it. <laughs> you know, I mean, just artistically, he fucking nailed it. He wanted to do a comic strip, uh, a comic that didn't mean anything. And he did because because very little of it makes sense. Yeah. I don't even know what the two things. I'm I'm sorry, baby. What? No, that's okay. Go ahead. I'm talking to myself. I I I don't know what the two things on directly under the cow even are. <laughs> Yeah, so he had to come out and make a statement about it. And his statement is, uh, this cartoon was intended to be an exercise in silliness. While I have never met a cow who could make tools, I, which is always a great way to start a statement to the press. Yeah. Uh, while I have never met the a cow who could make tools... The closest I can get... Okay, here is my theory. I have developed a theory as to what this picture means. Okay? Okay. There's a barn in the background. I mean, what else are you going to fucking put back there? What are you going to do? Put this cow in SeaWorld? I may have, but even still. And the cow is apparently very angry. And I think he's angry because he has realized that our crumb is horribly racist. So he took a yeah. saw and he cut up what the fuck was that our crumb character's name? Mr. Natural? Mr. Natural. Mr. Natural. <laughs> who who I could see at some point having a shepherd crook shepherd's crook in his hand. And he cut him up. And that's that's kind of well, that's Gary Larson's interpretation of Mr. Natural's face. I think the other one is Mr. Natural's testicle. Not sure. So, so here's his statement. While I have never met a cow who could make tools, I felt sure that if I did, they, the tools would lack something in sophistication and resemble a sorry specimen shown in this cartoon. I regret that my fondness for cows, combined with an overactive imagination, may have carried me beyond what is comprehensible to the average far-side reader. <laughs> and, like, the only joke is that if a cow made tools, they'd be pretty shitty. Because he's a cow! <laughs> and that's the only joke! <coughs> and it confused people so much that it made headlines all yeah. across America as people were trying to figure out what the hell cow tools was. <laughs> Three or four days of America still trying to figure out, like, oh, we're entering day three of cow tool gate. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. We are now going live to Gary Larson's house where he will be making a statement regarding cow tools. Well, but we're doing the same thing right now, aren't we? Like the exact same thing. And it's and the way I feel about both of them is like 
you know, glad we got all the rest of the problems figured out so we can be arguing over this shit. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I'm really glad that everybody has a $15 minimum wage, you know? I'm really glad that the kids are finally out of the cages and reunited with their families. Healthcare was awesome. And now we have time to argue over this, or Mr. Potato Head, or Dr. Yeah. Seuss, or Lola Bunny's tits, or... There was a part of me that was like, hey, I'm not entirely sure if uh, Biden is going to send us the $2,000 checks he promised, but thank goodness he was good on his word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, I... I, I have a hard time feeling like it's time to set up send rockets up into the air in celebration and admiration for a, a president who was doing vaguely what he promised. It's so amazing the double standard in America that like one half of America can, 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 with a straight face, say, so the president incited a riot that caused numerous people to die, that caused a cop to die. That's not a big deal. Let's talk about the real issue. The president's dog may have bit someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Front page news! Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Hooray. <laughs> Cow tools. Yeah. That's, That's my new catchphrase catch for when things don't make sense. Politics? Cow tools! I, I, I like it. It's all cow tools! That's my new...
He put cow tools up. Was it as intriguing, like the actual comic or the story? The, the story, well, all of it. The explanation. Oh, the explanation? Uh, uh, hey, if that's what he says. I mean, who am I to argue with the artist? Yeah. I think I think he should. I think he should run with my theory, though, because I think that's a lot more genius. Yeah. Uh, tools is my new uh, catchphrase for when things don't make sense. Politics. Cowtools. <laughs> Love cowtools. Buddy. Yes. Unfortunately, we still have a movie to get to, but uh, uh, I got some good facts about this movie. Okay. Uh, which I think I'll enjoy more than the plot of this week's movie. So that's exciting. Uh, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should definitely take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. I'm a very busy person. I don't have time to meet that special someone. So I went to loversate.com, paid the $700 fee, and filled out the questionnaire, which they obviously ignored. What? Hey, baby. My name's Ted the Stead. Ted the Stead? Yeah, um, it's really Ted the Stud, but uh, that don't rhyme. <laughs> I wanted someone who was financially stable. Oh, okay. Are you ready to go? 
oh, uh, hey, are you going to pay for this? Because I spent my last five bucks on some lottery tickets and some 40 ounces. Oh, never mind. I got some Chef R.D. in the car. Be right back. I wanted somebody who was sweet. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, amazing what you find when your neighbors don't lock the car door. <laughs> you need a Bible? <laughs> I wanted a person who was family-minded. So, do you have any kids? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure somewhere. Hey, who is that there, that there picture of you? That's my sister. You. How about later on you, me, and her get together? In the bedroom. I wanted someone adventurous. Uh, are you expecting somebody? No. Look, uh, if it's the cops, I'm not here. You're wanted by the cops? Yeah, look, it's a little bit of a misunderstanding. <laughs> See, I, I didn't know she was 15. I, I thought she was 12. <laughs> I wanted someone to call me unexpectedly and tell me they needed me. Oh. Hello? Hey, baby. Ted, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I know, baby, but I need you real bad. The cops got me. <laughs> I need bail money like now. It cost me 20 minutes of my time to fill out the questionnaire, $700 to join, one bad date, 20 calls a night for two weeks, and another $200 to file a restraining order. Thanks a lot, loversdate.com. Loversdate.com. We just promised you a date. Wow. This room, this room is perfect. The, the aura in here, man. Oh, just... Mmm, it's so good. This is a great, great room. Yeah, I mean, this room is exactly like the one downstairs. I mean, you can do whatever you want. A shrine right there on the wall. Yes, a shrine with incense. Yes, can you smell the incense everywhere? Yes. And my Chopra poster. Chopra, wasn't he an extra on Star Trek? And my sign, my sign right there. Oh, yes, my sign. Well, we'll have to move the TV. Yes, throw it out. Oh, yes, get rid of it all together. We don't. You don't need a TV downstairs if you don't want it. No, No. that TV. Yes. That TV? That one. Wait, wait, are you talking Uh, about moving in here? Well, yeah, man. No, 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 you guys can't move in here. (laughs) Well, why not? Uh, It's so perfect. I sleep in the new. Well, me too, man. <laughs> nice move. No, Lori. It's the sun. I say it's the moon. I know it's the sun. Now, by my mother's son, that's myself. It shall be moon or star or anything I list. Yeah, we journey back to your father's. Go on. Get the horse. There's seriously something wrong.
okay.
loved melodies. Richly orchestrated in Sam Fier's all-new two-record treasury. But remember, this magnificent collection is not sold in stores. Please stay tuned to order. Use your credit card and save COD charges by calling toll-free 1-800-421-2000. Or, to save all additional charges, send check or money order for only $12.98 for two albums or two cassettes, or $19.98 for two compact discs to Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, that's Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Be like water and come back next week or I'll kick your ass. Mr. Fish, on behalf of the Amalgamated Press, I'd like to ask you a few questions. How do you feel about this tremendous responsibility that's been vested in you in making you the Amigo Americano? Well, you're pretty sure of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> you characters are all alike. Would you say the inter-American relationship, as exemplified by your lackadaisical efforts to promote goodwill, could possibly accomplish anything? Well, I think you're that's exaggerating. That... You sound like an egotist. Why do you attempt to use polysyllabic conversation when your intelligence quotient is obviously minus nil? Why don't you just stick to words of one syllable? You know what a syllable is? Yeah. What's a syllable? A syllable. Are you sure you know what it is? Yeah. Give me your definition of a syllable. Go ahead. What's a syllable? Take it easy. Don't get excited. Just one word at a time. You're sure you know what it is? Oh, what's a syllable? Go ahead. Don't get excited. Yeah. Take, I want you to tell the girls. Excuse the girls me. Don't. You're talking Excuse to me now. What's a syllable? A don't rush yourself. I want the girls to know that you're a very smart man and intelligent individual. Now, don't turn your back. What's a syllable exactly? A syllable. You're sure that you know what a syllable is? Come on, take it easy now. Now, to give me a simple explanation. If you give it to me, it's bound to be simple. <laughs> That's the idea. Now we're getting somewhere. Exactly what is a syllable? You don't mind if I get a word in here, do you? No, you go ahead. I'm getting hoarse now. <laughs> well, I'll give you the Look, a syllable is a sound. Yeah. Now, how is the sound of a syllable formed? It's formed, it's formed by letters of the alphabet placed in juxtaposition one to the other. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling you. Yeah. Now, how many letters would you say there are in the alphabet? Well, there's about. Not about. There's a definite number. Mm, the rules. Huh? No, 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 no. There's always been a definite number of syllables in the letters in the alphabet. Now, are they all alike? No. <laughs> well, I got that one in. Of course. Now, there are two types of letters, consonants and vowels. Can you name the consonants? Yes, sir. North America, South America, and Patterson, New Jersey. No, 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 no. no. The consonants are 21 in number. There are 21 consonants and five vowels. Now, 21 and five? 28. No, 26. I was close. All right. Now, you take the consonants and vowels and put them together. What do you form? Syllables. Syllables form words. Words form sentences. And then people talk or they do what you've been doing. And what have I been doing? You've been making a fool of yourself. Now, look. Oh, you're trying to attack me, eh? After I treat you like a gentleman, you get antagonistic and belligerent. I dare you to hit me once more. Not, not, oh, not, using not. both of your hands on me, huh? You ought to be ashamed of it. Oh, trying to pull a knife or something. I'm surprised. Let me give you a little piece of advice before I leave. Remember, in the future, when a reporter comes in and asks you for an interview, don't talk so much. Me and my big mouth.
fucking trailer. The thing that we made from the last episode. And we're back with more Pokemon film. We're gonna watch this. Why not? What? Yeah. Yeah. Love that opening. That was the opening from Dangerous Guys or Dangerous Men. Yeah. Dangerous men. Dangerous yes. men. Ah, oh, Amber gets all the packages. packages. Uh, I love this opening so much. I, I loved that movie. It was horrible, and I loved it. John Rad. John S. Rad. I'd rather have watched John S. Rad than this week's movie, but that's fine. Uh, okay. So, uh, so, Amber back. Uh, and we're back. Act three, buddy! Act three! Act three! Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pokemon Film Podcast to casually stroll our way into the third and final act of the show. And for the uninitiated among you out there, it's the third act where we finally and eventually get around to discussing our 40 original rock hits by the original artists on four records, three cassettes, or two CDs, and is not available in stores, so call now Movie of the Week! And this week... I don't know, man. It's fine. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Abbott and Costello. Okay. Yeah. Abbott and Costello. See, I watched a lot of stuff when I was a kid. A lot of different stuff. And a lot of that stuff has crossed over into my adulthood. You know, Star Trek, Speed Racer, Godzilla, Frankenstein, things like that. And I find that there are some things that did not cross over. And that is Elvis... Elvis didn't. Elvis movies did not make the journey. The Bowery Boys didn't make it to adulthood, and neither does Abbott and Costello. I just don't find them very interesting anymore. If Frankenstein wasn't in one of the movies, I wouldn't watch them at all. But But Elvis Elvis movies were were so great. Uh, Let's let's not forget the greatest Elvis movie ever, Clambake. Clambake, yes. That song was written by Dolores Fuller. No, no, she wrote Do the Clam. Oh, she wrote Do the Clam and then not Clam Yeah, so, so, so I'm sorry Dolores did not even get the top song in that movie named Clam And then, of course, there's, there's the Elvis movie Kiss and Cousins. Yes. And a lot of people like that movie, but I like uh, the uh, sequel, uh, Sexually Harassing... Grandma's 
the follow-up. Yeah. Which I think is better than the original. It's an Empire Strikes Back situation. I recently uh, forced my son to sit down and watch the first Star Wars movie, which I've tried to do for a long time, but I finally like, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to watch Star Wars. And uh, I didn't fully realize, I've seen Star Wars a few times, the first one, and uh, I never fully realized how many Secondary incidental characters are badly dubbed. <laughs> like, I always, I always knew that Aunt Baru was. Because here's this, like, grizzled, stone-faced woman. Yeah. And she opens her mouth, and it's this beautiful, angelic voice that in no way came from her throat box. Yeah. But I didn't fully realize that, like, oh, now I'm watching scenes, and okay, here's Darth Vader talking to a guy walking down the corridor, holding her as dangerous. Word of this gets out, it could generate sympathy for the rebellion in the Senate. And it's like, okay, no way that voice came from that man. Because, like, it's just a looking guy, but the voice is just holding her as dangerous. Yeah. Uh, it could generate sympathy for the rebellion in the Senate. And it's like, also, they're definitely dubbing him because they're already dubbing Darth Vader. Yeah. And walking down the hallway, and then some fat guy comes out, and he's like, uh, two escape pods were jettisoned. And it's like, oh shit, all of these people are dubbed. Basically, if you're not a star, yeah. That's your voice. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. That's actually, I've never noticed this before. But, you know, but also consider that I, I, I find it kind of a genius move in a way, you know, because certainly James Earl Jones's voice was not nearly as expensive as getting James Earl Jones. Yeah. And especially yeah. James Earl Jones was fucking hot at the time. Yes. You know? Uh, so it's like, you know, like once you crack that open, then, you know, I can get better voice actors than actors. Let's just dub their voices in. Yeah. So, so much, much of, of uh, rewatching Star Wars, so much of the, like, I couldn't get over the dub that reminded me of Manos. Yeah. Reminded me of the little girl, you know, oh, I'm in this movie, and then she hears her. I'm cold, mother! And it's like, what the hell did they do with my voice? That's my voice. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that's all I can focus on. And actually, was like, oh, this movie is amazing. And I'm like, yeah. We're in bad dummy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I have to actually talk about this week's movie. Okay. This whole thing didn't introduce it. Yes. Got into the movie, and that's the title. So, I guess we have to talk about this week's movie, 1948's Mexican Hayride. And look, um, time is a physical mistress. Who yes. knows which one of us came up with this film to do on the show? Who knows which one of us should be blamed? You know? It's a mystery, maybe, we'll never know. Maybe it was mine, maybe it was probably yours. Who knows? 
I'll give it a whirl. Okay? Because the short version is is that it's a convoluted plot that allow Abbott and Costello to do little Abbott and Costello bits scattered throughout. That's the movie. Uh, the plot was something like Abbott and Costello are two con men. And they don't seem like they're friends. Okay. and say like they don't seem like they're friends or partners or anything like that. Yeah. Well, Costello is still a con man in his own right. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I I think you've got a point in saying that two con men kind of implies a team and that's not what was going on here. Yeah. Now, somehow... Piss me off. Abbott owes Costello money. Yes. Which somehow he is going to get off of a bigger crook. Once Abbott gives the bigger crook money... Yes. That Costello has? Yes. That he got from a dance competition dancing in the samba, which brings us to the entire movie. So basically, the plot of this movie is a Mobius strip that you have to follow because they're both giving each other money to get money and um, yes. and that does not really work in our current universe yeah. so I'm thinking it's like it's this movie is a hit in the first fucking dimension you know they find this funny as shit Jim Caldwell says kissing cousins is my favorite album of this movie and by the way, that was another Tim Caldwell bit in the in the second break as well. Nice. 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 Uh, yeah, they they run around a, a, a bit. Uh Costello has to dance every time samba music is played. So so samba music is his kryptonite, I guess. I don't know. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. Well, uh, I, it, yeah, the plot's kind of convoluted, and I think I have pinpointed why. So, um, this 1948 Adam Costello comedy, yes, with with finger quotes, 
um, is based on a Cole Porter musical that I hope to never have to sit through. Okay. Apparently in the 1930s, Cole Porter had smashed Broadway hit musicals that then had smash hit songs in them, like Anything Goes. And I didn't realize this. I Get a Kick Out of You was a 1930s Cole Porter song. I didn't realize Cole Porter had written that for a play. I never, I, I always just assumed that Frank Sinatra was amazing, but no, that's, that's from a Cole Porter musical. My, my mind immediately went to Cleavon Little. Just saying. Nice. Okay. So then in the 1940s, uh, Cole Porter had less success. He had uh, fairly successful, I wouldn't say smash hits, but pretty big hits with Panama Hattie, Let's Face It, Something for the Boys, and Mexican Hayride. But unlike the 1930s, all of his successful plays in the 1940s no big hit songs at all. Yeah. He was not, he was no longer, so when people went to go see Max and Hayride, the musical on Broadway, people would say, it's a great musical, but there's no great music in it. Okay. Which is difficult for a musical. So it's sort of, there were no hit songs. There was no big hit song in the musical. So basically it was Joseph's Technicolor dream coat of its day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I love the Elvis part in Joseph's dream coat. The Elvis part is amazing because it goes to the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh is like an Elvis impersonator. So, uh, it tracks that when Universal said, we're going to get this Cole Porter musical and make it into a movie, first step, get rid of the music. <laughs> so that's what this movie is. It's a musical without music. Okay. Which, which, in my mind, I have the hardest time with. Because it's like no one goes and, and sees Grease and says... God, can you guys stop fucking singing? I want to learn more about their relationship. You know, like, no one says that about... One thing I have to give this movie... Okay, I really have to give it credit here. The opening was so great in that it was so direct to the point, and here's the plot. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Yeah, like seven minutes in, and you already know who Adam Costello are playing, what their relationship is, the plot, the you know the bullfighter. It's just like like the first seven minutes is just buckle up for some exposition up your ass. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Incredible. It's incredible. Starting with just like hand that guy your badge and there we go and he just looks at the badge American police and there we go <laughs> uh, another fun fact uh, Costello's brother Pat was a stuntman and he's one of the cops 
looking for Costello in the movie, and there are one or two scenes where they're right next to each other, and it's like, yeah. The, one of the cops looking for Costello is basically Costello. It's really weird. Yeah, and, and I thought they were going to do something with that, and they never did. Because even with them both walking up, they were like, they look like fake Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, I don't. Like, I expected them to do something with that too, and they didn't do something with it. But during the end, like, Suns and Riding Bulls and stuff, pretty sure that's at Costello. Yeah. Doing that. Because they do look so much freaking alike. Yeah. Um, let me also give this film credit. Not for the film itself, which is, it's okay. It's fine. It's Adam Costello. There's no plot, it's just an excuse to do Abigail routines. But um, let me give this movie credit because, fun fact, Abigail were such a huge thing in the 1940s that this was one of three movies of theirs that came out this year. Yeah. They released three Abigail movies in 1948. That's how freaking huge they were. So. Uh, the first film which came out in 1948, in the beginning of 1948, was a film called The New Sang-Sai, which they did outside of Universal. So they were under contract to Universal, but they renegotiated their contract so that once a year, they were allowed to do a movie outside of Universal. So Universal said, hey, we've got this great comedy, and if you guys are going to love it, and it's going to be a big hit, and it's called The New Sensei, and here's the script. And so Adam Costello took the script and just said, okay, we will be making this without you. On our own. Fuck you, Universal. And Universal said, hey, you can't do your goddamn contract. Okay, fine, do it. Let's see how much you're over budget. But oh my god, so they struck it, so they didn't, they just took the script and said, and they're doing this on our own without Universal. They made it themselves. The film was budgeted at $652,000, but it came in $42,000 under budget. Yeah. Which at the time was sort of astounding. They're like, hey, we're doing uh, this Sound of movie, and oh, look at this, it's 80000 over. Like, okay, that's expected, but for them to be $42,000 under when they're making their first movie on their own, Universal, that's astounding. So that came out first. Then in June, Universal released another, uh, an Adam Costello movie that you may have heard of, Adam Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes. That came out in June of 2018, which was a huge hit. It cost $792,000 to make in 1948 and made over $3 million, which is huge for 1940. So Adam and were riding high. And then December, this comes out. Slightly less high. Yes. Uh, okay, now this movie is out. It's... Fine. The plot is <laughs> and it's a musical about music. I don't know, the whole thing just feels real weak sauce, you know? Yeah. 
It's weak sauce. I got the glow coming. I got the glow coming in. It's a little bit later because of uh, daylight savings time. So my beautiful glow, which happens at a specific part of the show, is now an hour later. Yes, it is. Actually made but it is coming in. We actually made the show an hour longer just to get the glow. <laughs> so it worked. Here's another weird fun fact. Costello, when he was younger, he was a huge uh, high school sports star. Yeah. He was considered like a basketball prodigy, and people thought he could go professional, but he just went in a different path with his life. So in 1945... Let's let's be honest. He took the path of donuts. Yeah. But here's the thing. In 1945, he did a movie called Here Come the Coeds, and in that movie, he has to pretend to be a woman to help a girl's basketball team win the championship of the regionals, whatever. Uh, so he's dressed in like a wig, and he's doing basketball and all that, and the whole thing is, he has to do all of these crazy trick shots, and they're like, oh, we're going to need to get a professional basketball player, a stuntman, and Costello's like, I got this. Yeah. And so he did all the crazy trick shots in the movie on his own, and some of them are pretty impressive. I didn't watch the entire movie, Here Come the Coeds, but apparently Here Come the Coeds was such a hit that Coronet films to, like, educational companies that would make to, like, educational films for schools. Yeah. They released, like, an eight-minute abridged version for, like, schools and classrooms and meetings and stuff. So it's like the movie Here Come the Coeds edited down to a cartoon-sized video. Yeah. I found that on YouTube. And, yeah, no, he does some pretty impressive trick shots for being the fat one in Adam Cassell. Like, good for you. You were, you were a pretty damn good basketball player. Like, my dream basketball game now is Costello versus Prince. Yeah. Greatest basketball game of all time. <laughs> Bar none. I learned a lot about Luke Cristello, but I'm saving a lot of it, like especially the tragic stuff, because that might be. That, I, I, I might save that for a chap. Okay. Like a yeah, because we do need to cover it. He was quite the controversial figure, to say the least. Yeah. So, so to say the most. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if I review this movie, mostly harmless. Okay. That's what I would give Mexican Hayride. Mostly harmless. Yes. There's nothing wildly upsetting about it. Mostly harmless. It's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah, if you're still into the Abbott and Costello, there's a lot of Abbott and Costello shtick. Uh, I, I just find it kind of annoying now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, understandable. So, so, so that's all I got for this week's movie. Um, it wasn't the funnest movie in the world. Yes. 
so I was gonna, I was gonna for next week hit you with something really bad, but I found that watching this over and over again, trying to understand the convoluted plot and yada yada yada, and and uh, Abbott tricked Costello into thinking he had oil in his backyard. So Abbott tricks Costello into selling stocks, which aren't real because he doesn't have oil. So Abbott set up Costello and ran off with the money, and now people are after Costello because they think he's a crook. So Costello runs to Mexico to find Abbott who ripped him off, but they both get entangled in a big mess. And it, it's really, it, it, it was a slog to have to watch this more than once. Yes. To try and figure out anything from uh, 1940s and then talking fast theater. So I wanted to, to, at the last second, I decided to do something to go in a different route. So next week, for the podcast, we will be watching a new movie. Okay. That just recently came out. Uh, sadly, I was really excited to see this in theaters in 2020. Instead, they just eked it out. They, yeah. they, they dribbled it out into uh, streaming services and digital, as a digital release like a, a month ago. And that's a damn shame, because this film is one of those movies, like we've done before on the podcast, where it's like, this summer, the world's, the funniest comedy in the world is sitting in theaters. Everyone's going to love it. It's going to be a smash hit. Everyone's going to love biggest box office draw of the summer, Hot Rod. <laughs> okay. And then people go to it and it's like, this is a weird, bizarre movie. You really thought this was going to be a hit? This is weird as fuck. So next, we're watching the brand new Christian Wade movie, Bard and Star, go to Vista Del Mar. I watched this. Okay. I watched this like a couple of weeks ago at midnight and I was a little bit high and I was bored and I'm like, I'm going to put this movie on. I am in love with this movie. Yeah. I am in love with everything about this movie. Have you ever, have you ever made yourself a suicide money? Do what? Have you ever made yourself a suicide? Made myself a suicide. That's when you go to like Circle Gate or 7 Eleven or McDonald's or Burger King, you're getting yourself a drink, and then you just go. Everything, go. That's suicide. It went in the way different direction. No, no, no. That drink is known as a suicide. That's important to Bar and Star of Vista Del Mar. I'm glad we had this conversation. Okay. I love this movie. It is really stupid. And you know who's in it? Christian Grey from the movie uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And at first I was like, ew, fucking Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey is in this movie. But it makes so much sense to the movie 
And two, who bargained to star are as people that he would be in this and the part that he is? It's a wonderful film, and Richard Cheese is in it, though, I'm saying, for some reason. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite movies right now, and I'm really excited for us to watch it and talk about it next week on the podcast. But that's next week. We're also talking about Canadian Wolves. Don't forget that next week, Canadian Wolves. Big deal. Okay. Uh, oh, and next week, I'm glad that we didn't mention it once. Next week, we'll be talking about um, the Norman High School girls basketball team. Okay. Very yes. excited. Uh, very excited to talk about that. Very excited that we didn't talk about it this week, so I can save it for next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, oh man, the highs, the lows, the ups, and the downs. Bill Gates, smooth jazzercise, um, cow tools. Cow tools. That is legit my new all-the-time catchphrase for whenever anything is confusing. I've already started using it. I've already started using it around the house. Bella came up to uh, Natasha during the break, and I just went, "Bella's cow tools." Am I right? <laughs> like, like, like that's my that is perfectly my new thing. Like, like things I don't understand is cow tools. You know, sometimes my kids are cow tools. Sometimes, especially my two oldest. Oh man, sometimes they don't remember just cow tools. Sometimes they're just cow tools.